Hello everyone. Parashat Chaye Sarah opens with Sarah's passing and the challenge Avram faces in finding her a burial plot. He negotiates with Ephron Achiti, the Hittite, ultimately convincing him to sell him Me'arat HaMachpelah, the cave of Machpelah in Hebron, which would eventually become the burial plot for all the Avot and their wives. This was a historical moment, the first time the Jewish people acquired land in Eretz Israel. Now, aside from the historical significance of this event, the Talmud discusses this event in a very unexpected context. The Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin is discussing what one must do in order to get married according to Halakha. The first part of getting married is called Kiddushin. The way we perform Kiddushin today is via the Chatan giving the Kala something of monetary value, which is called Kiddushe Kesef. These days we use a wedding ring. The Gemara asks, where in the Torah does it say that you can get married via Kiddushe Kesef? It answers by pointing out a Gzera Shava, a textual parallel between two diff- very different psukim in the Torah. When it comes to marriage, the Torah says, Ki ikach ish isha, when a man shall take a wife. So marriage is called kicha, taking a wife. And in our parasha, when Avram buys the cave from Ephron, he says, Natati kesef kach mimeni, I have given money for the field, take it, kach, take it from me. So by marriage, it says, Ki ikach. And here, with the money, Avram says kach. So the Gemara makes a connection. Just like acquiring the field was done via money, so taking a wife can also be done via money. Now this seems very strange. It sounds like the Torah is comparing a man taking a wife to Avram purchasing a field. Does a man purchase his wife? Is she considered like his property, his slave? We know that's not true, because a slave's property belongs to their master. But with Husband and wife, the Torah doesn't give the husband rights to the property of his wife. Furthermore, it obligates the husband to provide for and look after his wife, not the other way around. So what is the Torah getting at with this strange comparison? If we look at the end of the story of Avram's negotiations with Ephron, we see something very interesting. After Avram pays the money for the field, the Torah states, Vayakom ste Ephron, the field of Ephron arose. What does that mean, it arose? Now, if you read the next sentence, it clarifies. It says, Avraham To Avraham as a possession. You're meant to read the two verses as one. The field arose to Avraham as a possession. In other words, it became his. But why does the Torah break this statement into two separate psukim? Rashi explains that the Torah wants to hint to us that what was happening here was not merely a legal transaction whereby Avraham would acquire the field, but the field actually underwent a transformation. The field arose, it became elevated through its connection to Avraham. What had actually changed here? The Torah is telling us that with Avraham's very first acquisition of land in Eretz Israel, something powerful happened. Perhaps we can say that Avraham and the land of Israel became wedded to each other. What is marriage? When a man and a woman commit to sharing a common destiny, to forge a single life together. From this point forward, Avraham and his descendants and the land of Israel would belong together. Even if we were cast into exile to remain under the control of our enemies for century upon century, the land of Israel would wait there for us and we would never stop davening to return to it. Now we can understand why the Torah chose to learn the laws of marriage from this incident, because this financial transaction would create the basis of an eternal relationship that we would have with Eretz Yisrael. It comes to teach us that when we perform a marriage ceremony with Kesef, with something of monetary value, we are not making a purchase, we are forging a lifelong relationship together. Our relationship with the land of Israel is deep and everlasting, and so is our concept of marriage. 
the forging of two destinies into one. And now for today's riddle. Kids, we mentioned that the Avot and their wives were all buried in Marat HaMachpelah, but not all their wives were buried there. Who was buried elsewhere? Wishing everybody a Shabbat Shalom.